Hey. Hello. This is Jeff Julian. I'm your host for Speaking in Songs. Welcome. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and rate this episode and others on your favorite podcast platform. It definitely helps, and we appreciate you listening. Where have I been? I don't know where I've been lately. Uh, COVID time is weird, so I took a little time, and I got vaxxed up, and I'm feeling good, and now I'm back with an episode that I just think is stellar. So I'm excited to bring you my conversation with April Adams of April Love Photography. April is a self-taught portrait and fine arts photographer whose early work includes photographing in abandoned buildings. April finds inspiration through music, current events, and meditation. We talk about some of the themes she explores in her work, including body types and self-image, surviving sexual assault, and what it's like to photograph someone on their best and worst days. April will have artwork featured in the Strange and Unusual Gallery, which you can see online at strangeandunusual.hopestreetwoodworks.com. And you can follow April at aprillovephotography.com and on Facebook at aprillovephotos and Instagram at aprillovephotography. And now, here's my conversation with April. It don't matter to me. It's okay. kind of nice to have a face to look okay. at on the clock instead of right. just the walls. Even a face that's grimacing from, <laughs> from recent leg <laughs> trauma. <laughs> I mean, trauma is too strong of a word, but I picked up right. the chair and it just swung back perfectly and just oh, yeah. wrapped me right in the shin, you know, and to the point where you're like, oh, that's not going to be that bad. And then it just intensified. Yeah. yeah. So I could just still feel it right here. You know, yeah. just, oh, God. I'm clumsy. This... I do that stuff all the time. I think I did it the other day just getting in my car. <laughs> it just like like bumped yeah. your arm or leg getting into the my car? Leg. I yeah. have a big bruise on my knee. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's always nice to find those mystery ones where you're like, when did I do that? What is yeah, happening I mean, here? I, my arm. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> so we've established then that neither of us are very graceful. Yeah, so yeah. Um, we bruise easily. <laughs> we, we bruise easily and we're not graceful. So that that's a great place to start. I was thinking about, um, about I think it was September of last year september or october when we um when oh, yeah. we were at the at the wedding and uh mm-hmm. i was an officiant and you were a photographer yeah. and yeah. what a, what an interesting experience too right because usually in right. you've done a lot probably done a lot more weddings than, than than i have and so um you know usually there's this huge you know crowd of people and oh, there's yeah. all this activity and hustle and bustle and energy that sort of, um, kind of builds upon itself. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, similar to the, the radiating pain of the, (laughs) of the leg, uh, the, 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 you know, this, this energy builds and it was just the four of us. And I mean, it was still awesome, but we almost had to build that energy ourselves. Yeah. And I think we did, like, especially because we both knew Kit and Anne. Yep. We were able to do that with them and for them. And I really liked it. I thought it was like a really intimate ceremony. And I mean, I know I felt sad for them because they couldn't have family there and everything, but I think it was a beautiful day. Yeah, absolutely. It was just so different, right? It, it was. It was um, yeah. And, you know, because we were sort of, we were the, we were officiant photographer, but we were also guests 
friends, yeah. you know, we, right. we like, we had to play all of these roles, yeah. <laughs> but so, you know, I, I got to watch you work. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I was wondering, that's such a, um, you know, I, I guess anytime you're, you're photographing someone, whether it's a, a, you know, like a subject for, con, for the conceptual art that you do mm-hmm. or, or something like a wedding mm-hmm. where, especially I would think in a, in a wedding or maybe like family photographs or something like that, where people oftentimes unless they're a narcissist like me, don't often look forward to being photographed. Right. So, um, you know, how do you work to make a subject feel comfortable and kind of trust you, especially in a situation like that, where the expectations are so high for these photos, right? right? These are supposed to stand the test of time capturing the happiest day of your, right. of your life. Yeah. Right. So no pressure, right. And right. Then, yeah, then you've yeah. got a pandemic as well. Right. And so yeah. you've got this other, so how did you go about doing that? And, and what, well, what, what is important to you to kind of build that trust? Um, I, I think it's important to build a relationship first. I think that's mm-hmm. important on both ends. Um, I want to, I always, especially with weddings, I want to make sure we're a perfect match, not okay. just with my style of photography, but personalities as well. Yeah. I think it's really important. Uh, you're putting a lot of trust into somebody to capture your wedding day. And it's a huge honor for me that somebody chooses me, but I always want to make sure that we have uh, that trusting relationship from yeah. the very beginning. Um, it's important. It's a huge, important day. And, you know, like I might be biased, but the thing that's going to last, you know, as far as memories go, are going to be the photos. I mean, they're going to be there to remind you of the day's events. I mean, like my own wedding, the day just went by so fast. It was like a blur. And then when I looked at my photos, I was like, oh my, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. And so um, I, I like to you know, capture the details of the day and just kind of, uh, tell a story, you know, like that's my big thing with photography is telling a story and telling the story of their wedding day is important. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think just building a relationship from the very beginning is important. And I always use humor to just try to get people to laugh and smile and feel comfortable because I, I'm the most awkward person in front of the camera. <laughs> so I can easily relate to people who are also uncomfortable in front of the camera. So I just try to get them to laugh and be comfortable and be at ease as much as possible. Yeah. Or if I sense any tension, I'll try to just give them direction and do more of like a photojournalistic approach with them. Yeah. Um, because you could tell in pictures if somebody's tense and just right. uncomfortable and nobody wants that. Yeah, I was so, going to ask if you almost had to like warm them up, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's why I really like um, with weddings uh, doing an engagement session first because uh, then we yeah. get to work together and get to know each other a little bit better other than just like a one-time meeting for coffee or a Zoom meeting or on the phone. You know, it's more personal to get together for, you know, an hour or whatever and do a engagement session and get to know each other and they can get familiar with me and I can get familiar with them so that the wedding day just, it just goes smoothly, you know, it helps. So what is the pose forever? So yeah. Yeah. No, that was was fun. fun. Yeah. What is the pose that people that you ask people to do in wedding photography that they find the most awkward or that you have to like position the, 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 the most? 
Um, so probably the most awkward one is, so like, I always tell them, think about your, your typical prom pose where (laughs) somebody's behind the other person and, and they wrap their hands instead of like your hands around the waist, holding the flowers. Instead, it's more like a hug on the chest, but sometimes they'll like not know where to put their hands and they're broken (laughs) boobs and stuff. I'm like, no, 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 up a little higher. Like. (laughs) <laughs> What's the old Catholic school? Uh, yeah. Leave some room for the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. <laughs> but that always gets laughs too. So yeah, oh, that's yeah, because yeah, you're 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 right. Like the prom photo, you go back and look at something like that, oh. or like your middle school photos, or something like oh, that. Yeah. And the pose is like, what in the hell were they thinking? Right. You know, know. why am I laying on the ground with my hand on the side of my head. And I don't want to, I want to create like timeless images. I don't want to create the ones that, you know, in 10, 15, 20 years, people are going to be look, you know, look back like, Oh my God. (laughs) Timelessly good, not timelessly bad. Right. Exactly. Yes. Unless I'm deliberately doing that. Like, I don't know if you've seen any of the awkward family photos. Sometimes I've seen your awkward family (laughs) photo. In fact, those are fantastic. So fun to do. I can't get my 18 year old in on it anymore. He's just, he's, he's checked out. He's yeah, yeah. right. It's Even self- doesn't want anything to do with it. She's like, I'm done with this mom. Find somebody else. Right. They're self-aware enough now to yeah, know. Yeah. That, yeah right. I can't do it to them anymore. No more mullet wigs. and uh, That's outstanding. So yeah. in your conceptual work, Mm-hmm. There seems to be influences from the occult, mystical, spiritual realms, and you know some level of commentary on body types and self images. Mm-hmm. What 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 themes are important for you to explore in your conceptual mm-hmm. photography? It's always different. Um, so let's see, like the Medusa series was a, a huge one for me. Um, uh, I don't know if you saw that one. It was like the three part. There was like three photos to mm-hmm. the series. And um, that one was, uh, you know, I don't want to like get all political here or anything, but like the whole Kavanaugh case and everything during that nightmare and mm-hmm. uh, the Me Too movement, all of that, you know, like struck a chord with me. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, and, and that one was actually partially inspired by, you know, current events such as the Kavanaugh case and everything, uh, Me Too movement. Um, but also with music, uh, Emma Ruth Rundle's uh, Medusa song. So it was like, sometimes when I listen to music, actually most of the time when I listen to music, if I'm in a, if I'm driving, which is probably not the safest thing, I kind of zone out and <laughs> daydream and like visualize things. I yeah. don't know. Probably not yeah. the same. Well, part but, of your mind is still driving. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll say the third eye. So That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so like, uh, you know, I was like thinking about all these things and then listening to that song. And then like, I don't know, I just got like on this big Medusa kick, uh, you know, with the everything. I even got a tattoo of Medusa <laughs> during wow. that yeah. time and everything. But that series like was important to me because it tells a story like two without knowing the background of everything, you know, a, a viewer can look at that and not even know what the hell I'm talking, you know, what I'm sure. getting at with it, which is totally fine. Like I want right. people to look at it and, you know, interpret it however they want. But um, for me, it was an outlet. And uh, I had, I reached out to friends and I, you know, I know I have 
more friends that I can count, sadly, that are sexual abuse survivors. And um, it was important for me to include those people who also wanted to use their voice and be a part of this. So, um, you know, I just kind of uh, positioned them in different ways where it shows Medusa as uh, this figure who's going to kind of protect them. And, and I don't know, it just meant so much to me. And it meant a lot to me that it meant so much to the other girls that were in it. And it was kind of like a healing process for all of us. You know, we've all been through different situations and it was kind of nice because we all stood around and we beforehand I like talked to everybody like thank you for doing this it means a lot you know um and then we all kind of went in and told our own stories and um I don't know it was just like so much support it was it oh it just filled my heart so much so that's amazing yeah and then like that one probably has one of the has so much meaning to me because of that and a lot of my work uh, has meaning behind it like that. Um, and honestly, some of it, I don't even know where the hell it comes from. Like <laughs> I just yeah, like, that's okay too. Yeah. And I have to create it, but a lot of it really has like deep significance like that one. Well, it makes me think back to what we were talking about just a little bit ago, but from a completely different perspective, right? We were talking about building trust with yeah. with um, a couple when you're you know you're photographing right. that big day. Now contrast that with this idea of you know you're you're talking about a very difficult subject matter. You're working with with victims of of sexual assault or or, or sexual abuse, and you're 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 saying to them, "Trust me to." Um, I don't know if it share the story, but to, to tell a story that, uh, that honors your experience and, Mm -hmm. um, that, that has to be really powerful to be in that, in that position. I mean, I don't mean that in a bad way, like a, like a power construct, but I mean, that must feel, um, it it must, well, let me just ask you, how how do you feel when you're, when you're entrusted with that? Um, I don't know. It's a big responsibility and I want to make 100% sure that they are on board. And if there's any, any, any whatsoever reluctancy, you know, back out, don't feel obligated. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Like I want you in on this healing process just as much as it's healing for me. So, um, it's important, so important to me that they're 100% on board. And especially because there was nudity involved in that photo, I know that they're being extra vulnerable. Right. Um, but I was so happy to hear that it meant a lot to all of them. And even like the nudity part to them, it f- felt like they were taking their body back, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It you does. know, so yeah. like I was really, I didn't even think of it that way, but I was so happy to hear that that's how they felt just doing this project with me. I could, I could cry right now. Like yeah. <laughs> it meant so much to me. And, uh, I don't know. I, I'm so thankful for them that they were trusting in me to do this, you know? Absolutely. I, yeah. I, I explained it every step of the way, like what I had envisioned and if they were okay with doing it. Um, you know, so I explained what I wanted to do, you know, I even drew up some crappy sketches so they could kind of <laughs> visualize it too. But <laughs> yeah, I just wanted them to know fully what they're in, in for. And uh, I'm so thankful that they did it. So when you're dealing with a theme like that or or themes like that, 
Mm-hmm. How do you how do you bring those out in your photos? How how do you tell the story and I guess shape the meaning beyond just look I'm going to take this series of photos. You know, how, mm-hmm. how what is it is it that sketching process ahead of time that 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 helps you sort of pull that out? Is it is it what you put in the in the setting of the of of the uh, photo? I I have like symbols like thing like in that series there's like a few little birds and birds to me and I I honestly don't know what things I could look it up and see but for me I know that birds kind of symbolize peace and there's three and I don't know why the number three is like my favorite number it's just I I don't know so those are stupid little symbols in there that have some meaning to me Um, but to a viewer I honestly don't know what a viewer thinks like when I make something I just put it out there for anyone to to view it however they like. And most of the time, I don't even tell what the story is. I don't even like to title my work because I don't like to uh, sway viewers into thinking one way or another. Um, even with this series, at first, I didn't want to, um, but then it just, it meant so much. Like, this is what this means. And it can, you can look at it and view it however you like, you know, perceive it however you want. But this is where I'm going with this. And um, and without the words or captions or anything, like even Medusa, like you wouldn't probably even get that, yeah. <laughs> you know, anything to do with uh, sexual assault survivors just by the name Medusa or mm-hmm. even by the photos. But with the stories along with it. Um, kind of change the story when you look at it, I think. And I think a lot of my work's like that. Um, some stuff I really just don't even like to get into. And sometimes it's because I, it, it sounds silly, I guess, but like creating art is a super vulnerable feeling to throw it out there in the world. Like, man, this is part of me. I made this. It means so much to me. And then you put it out there and get crickets and it's like a punch to the gut. It's like, damn it. That meant so much to me. And everyone hates it. And I suck. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. For sure. So, and then like, so it's like, well, you know, whatever. But if I put words, if I attached words and attached like my, uh, I don't know if I attached my everything. I don't know. I can't think of the word, but if I just, you know, put everything into it, if I made it known what this meant, then it makes it even more vulnerable feeling. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but I mean, I'm trying to get over that because, you know, making art, making music, making anything is a part of yourself and putting it out there is important. And whether or not people say anything or respond, it doesn't mean that it didn't, uh, you know, hit home for that person. You know, some people just don't say anything, but but really ultimately I do it for myself and, you know, if other people like it, then that's awesome. And well, there's levels to the process too. Right. And I think that that, that's what you're getting at. There's the, there's the part where you've made this for yourself because whatever it's your, Mm -hmm. you know, the creative force inside of you drives you to develop this. Right. So that's, that's one part and you could stop Mm -hmm. there and never, you could never release it if you wanted to. Right. So then there's that second or or third part where you share it and then it's Mm -hmm. whatever there's this, this reaction. And I think sometimes we get caught up in that, right. As artists where it's that second and third part that you put a lot of attention to, you know, was it viewed? Was it, was it commented on? Was it played or listened to or celebrated? And we forget about how important that first part is the actual creation and, 
and yeah. the experience with yourself, the outlet. Yeah. 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 And, and I try to just forget about that second part, you know, and just focus on the creation and, you know, it's an outlet for me and I'm not, I don't know, I'd probably lose my mind if I didn't have an outlook, creative (laughs) outlet. So like for me, that's the most important part, but, um, and then, you know, like sometimes, and I, and I'm a lot of times I'm reluctant to even share stuff um, because I'm feeling, ex- I'm a super emotional person. So like if I'm for feeling particularly emotional that day or whatever, like that's not a good day to share it because like, you know, if I don't get any reactions or whatever, yeah. like I don't yeah. need that. You know what I mean? But it's like, I just... Maybe I do in a way. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like if people just think it sucks, like, oh, crap, I shouldn't do this. Right. I, just, right. I shouldn't have put that out there. And, like, yeah. I don't want to be that person. I just want to be like, yeah, I put it out there, whatever, take it or leave it, you know? Yep. yep. <laughs> That's how it should yeah. be. And some days I am like that. And those are the days I should post stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. As, a, as a self taught photographer, mm-hmm. how did you develop your sense of style in the rules that guide your work? Um, so, I mean, God, I've been doing this forever, it feels like, and it's changed drastically over the years. And I feel like I've finally, like in the last few years, figured it out, you know, and like, um, I am not one of those photographers that's, uh, you know, wrapped up in all of the technical details. I could really care less. I mean, I do care because it matters, but like, you know, I don't get wrapped up in, uh, and I prefer to just go into a situation and, check out the lighting and make the most of it with all of the available light. I really like that challenge, you know? Um, And I, I don't know, maybe I'm lazy. I don't like to set up lights. I hate it. I hate using (laughs) lighting, but like, it's kind of just my style though. I really love the way shadows fall. Yeah. Um, You know, like if you're outside, I mean, of course there's rules to it. Nobody wants like raccoon eyes, you know, shadows, like stuff like that. I mean, there's bad shadows and good shadows, but I really love the moodiness of shadows. Okay. Than like playing with shadows and placing people in certain spots and and maybe and you know a lot of people say they don't even like notice those things but I don't know I pay close attention to stuff like that and I think that's part of my style though is like yeah. shadows and playing with light and um, darker tones when I edit and yeah. um, I really like to tell story and bring out emotion in pictures so I like to bring that out with the editing too yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. a darker palette to your yeah. to, to to your work, the tones yeah. and the and the shadows. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I like some earthy tones too, and I just I really like all of that. Well, it gives and you it, a, a, the ability when you do throw color in there to really mm-hmm. make it pop, right? Or to really yeah. make a statement within yeah. sort of a, a series of, of of photographs that that, that you've mm-hmm. done that are in those darker natural tones, and yeah. then boom, there's some red all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a uh, one I did with uh, this girl Amy, and uh, there I really love finding abandoned houses to shoot. Yeah, and I don't go in them anymore. I've had some terrible experiences, so, <laughs> so I try. You know, plus I'm too old to be getting arrested for trespassing. That's right. <laughs> uh, so I try to get permission if possible or whatever. But there's like this abandoned house, and nobody ever goes there. I don't go in it. I just shoot on the on the property yeah. and. So this house is in the background and I just, I don't know, I, I've 
always, even as a kid, been obsessed with abandoned houses. Like they just tell a story within themselves. So like I love having uh, abandoned houses in, uh, in the background, whatever, inside. So we have this house in the background. It's gray. The grass kind of, you know, it's green, but it's kind of dead. And yeah. there's trees but then there's amy and she's wearing a red dress and we have like this red fabric that's like going all over the place yeah. all over and that was fun that's like a that great photo color and yeah that was a lot of fun so and that was one that was just totally spontaneous like hey let's go shoot i got all this red fabric all right let's do this <laughs> yeah you know? and I'm, I'm looking at that photo right now and it almost the, the the veil itself almost transforms at some point um as it moves away from her uh, it, it looks like almost like a like blood or like a yeah. like a like a stream of of, yeah. of some sort. So, yeah. what, if I was going to ask you about abandoned buildings in in houses. What what did you see in them that made you want to photograph there and and, and capture those settings? What what yeah. what what attracted you to 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 that? I don't know, like so, when I was little, there was this big old abandoned house that I was just crazy about, and we used to drive past it all the time. And I just like you know I don't know my. I have ADD like a mofo and like my brain's everywhere at all times. And like, but that house, I would always just like zone in on that house. And like my brain would just immediately fabricate a story about the people who used to live yeah. there, what it would look like. And, and, and then I don't know, like, as I grew up, I, uh, I didn't live too far from Mantino State Hospital, mm -hmm. so we used to always ditch school in high school and go, you know, explore those buildings and the tunnels underneath and stuff and always just find, I mean, I grew up in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing to do. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so exploring abandoned buildings was just, or uh, I don't know, my favorite thing to do. And um, it still is. I love it. I don't know, like the history. I mean, like we live in a really old house now. I just love anything with history and yeah. like if it sounds weird but like every building and house you go into especially the old ones they all have their own vibe and i feel like it's a collection of maybe people that have lived there in the past and you know i don't know whatever i don't know it sounds weird but no, like yeah I, like newer houses like they have like a a, a new feeling yeah. to it like a newness which isn't a bad thing no, they'll you know? feel I, that way eventually a hundred years right, from now yeah, right yeah <laughs> yeah but like the old houses and old buildings and i love old peeling paint and textures and the grittiness i just yeah. love it all so much you know well, probably, I, that, that that makes me think of what, what you said before though about like taking advantage of the environment in which you're in when you shoot. So you'd rather play with the shadows than mm -hmm. necessarily um, do additional lighting in a room. So I think about what you said about the peeling paint and what a great like texture in the background that would add to a, to, yes. to a set of uh, pictures. You don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm not saying again, yeah. it, it's just, you're taking advantage of what is there and there's a lot yeah. in terms of texture in a mm -hmm. in an older almost an abandoned yeah. building like that and I, I really like the contrast too because sometimes you know like I've been shooting boudoir in some abandoned buildings which I love to do and it's really kind of hard to find a client that's down for that sort of thing but sometimes <laughs> I find them and it's pretty right. awesome and I just really love the contrast of you know like uh the beauty and of of the client you know and they really just stand out against you know a dark background with all this peeling paint and a filthy floor and like yeah. normally 
people would look at that like gross, you know, but. But it's <laughs> that like, real contrast, right? With that soft yeah. sort of yeah. feminine right. I- imagery. Mm-hmm. And then you've got this yeah. real stark, uh, right. dirty kind of background. Yeah. yeah. I just, I love it. I don't know. It's my favorite thing. So you mentioned like, the, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Like dark, if I can't get into like, you know, like bringing clients and stuff into abandoned buildings is probably pretty sketchy. So like <laughs> right. I'll try to find usually like other places that are safer, but yeah. uh, you know, like I, people think I'm nuts, but like there's a few alleys that are my favorite places to shoot too. Like I'll take families to these alleys and shoot them like <laughs> but they look awesome like i just like the you know like if i'm not in nature or like yeah. nature's in your spot right. obviously that i love but um i don't know i just love the contrast yeah you know it's like not your average location that you're gonna find somebody shooting a family session in the alley somewhere I, but I, i'm trying to envision you selling this dumpster is gonna look great yes. in the background <laughs> of this this family photo just no dad just lean right yeah, here right? on the dumpster <laughs> raccoons crawling up right, behind him. Right. so you brought up the state hospital and i'm gonna feel silly if i'm if i'm wrong about this but is that the same place where the the where where um we would play like did it did did pound cake have a have a practice space in that or okay yeah yeah, okay. yeah. oh that place was yes. amazing crazy isn't it yeah and it you're it's right it, i mean you would go there for shows and you would know yeah. you're playing there and when everybody's around mm-hmm. it's fine but then right. when people start to leave and there's less yeah. people there then you start you're like looking around and you're like ooh what was that yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that place is crazy. I um so like when I first got into photography, like, you know, like um, you know, I, I would just mess around with my camera and shoot flowers or my son when he was a baby or something. But um but when I first my very first shoot I ever did with like a model was there. And okay. um and it was uh, that's I fell in love. I was like, Oh yeah, this is where what I'm doing the rest of my life. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I love to do and uh, it, it was before um, when the buildings were still there and uh, most of the stuff was still in them. So uh, that was pretty fun. Like there's not much left to the buildings though. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, that is a, a really interesting place. So you, you talked before a little bit about how music has inspired some of your work, mm-hmm. but uh, tell me more about, you know, what elements do you see from songs that, that, that end up in your work? Is it just that you're inspired by what you're listening to from a lyrical standpoint, or is it the, you know, the, the way the music sort of, um, makes you feel what, what, what elements end up from songs in your it's work? Oh, really? Like it really depends on the, the music, um, and the lyrics. Uh, sometimes, um, sometimes I'll just zone out and listen and that's usually when I I could just you know like I have kids so they're they're in the car with me that's not going to happen because they're in the back seat yapping up a storm and you know whatever <laughs> but like that yeah. that <laughs> that's a different kind of zoning out right it is yeah <laughs> so like if I'm by myself that which isn't very often but when I am that's when I could just kind of you know drive and listen to music and absorb it and I, you know, I've said like, I'm a really emotional person and like, I can, I don't know, I just feel so much from music and, um, 
and and then you know like when people talk to me I have to visualize things to interpret it so when it's the same goes for music so a lot of visuals will come and um, whether it's mood or lyrics sometimes it has nothing to do with what the song is actually about yeah. but it's just, you know what I'm getting from it um, so uh, I, I don't know. I love music for that reason. And I draw a lot of inspiration from music. Yeah. You were talking before we were, you know, exchanging some emails and you said the pandemic has really kind of, you felt yeah. sapped on, on your yeah. creativity. What, what drives your creative process? And then what, what energizes you or re-energizes you in a, in, in a period like this where you're feeling, ah, there's not, yeah. you know, yeah. Oh, well, I don't, it, it varies so much. Like I'm pretty open and honest about like having depression and anxiety. Like it's no secret, whatever. So like I get in these funks, like in the pandemic, I think everybody is just in a funk, you know, it's hard not to be. So, you know, at first I was loving the pandemic. Like, yeah, I've been living this lifestyle forever. Like <laughs> <laughs> it really, uh, it suited you well. That's right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So like, you know, I wasn't minding it so much and um, there wasn't that pressure to like go out and be normal functioning person in society and (laughs) all that. So I mean, I took on a lot of home projects. I got so much done. But then like, uh, I just, you know, I had inspiration at the very beginning so much. I had so many ideas. I have a notebook that has, I don't even know how many pages full of ideas that I've written and sketched out, but but like there was nobody to shoot. So, you know, I I couldn't really do them. And, um, you know, there were a few times that I tried to shoot with myself, but it's like, Oh, that's a weird feeling. So, um, I don't know. So like in the beginning, I had a lot of inspiration just from having, you know, extra time to think and, um, draw from that. But, but now I'm like back in that funk. I don't even know, but <laughs> I'm trying to like dig myself out of it. And, um, you know, I have like all these ideas, and, but no motivation to do them. So I'm just trying, I'm forcing myself. Like I have one idea that I have had for probably 20 years now, and I've never done anything with it. So now I'm finally, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. So like, um, if I involve other people, it kind of makes me more accountable, you know? So I involved a fashion designer in this one and a model and we were actually supposed to do it this coming weekend, but the weather and the model ended up getting hurt. So we're going to postpone it, which is fine. We're going to get it done. And I'm excited for that. And then, you know, usually once I shoot one, I'm like, oh yeah, I love this. I it forgot how much I love again. this. Right. And I get moving again. Yeah. So, you know, I just have this weird cycle I go through like that. And it, it's funny though, it. you mentioned that, you know, at the beginning you had all these ideas and I, I feel like that is sort of the, I mean, clearly you have to take the pandemic and you have to say it's an awful time. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, um, grateful to first responders and, and, you know, sad for all, all the lives lost, you know, and that is the primary feeling. And then you sort of like, you retreat back into your own world and, you know, your little inconveniences and things like that. And then when you look at yourself as an, as an artist, I'm not saying you specifically, but just in general, Mm -hmm. my own kind of take on Mm -hmm. this is that being locked down or being, um, remote, whatever the case may be, it almost created this artificial, 
um, sense that, well, well, now there's plenty of time. So you should just be able to do, you should be able to do all of these things and you're just going to be so productive. And so, and, and I feel like that was almost counter, um, yes. counter, uh, to, to, to the creative process where, Definitely. you know, then there was this other sort of pressure and also, uh, for myself, I feel like I get more, I get re-energized or, or, or more creative by being out with other yes. people yeah. or as you said, doing something. Mm -hmm. And then I take that back and then th there, there's this momentum that, that, that builds from that, but being alone in the house, there's yeah. not a whole lot of momentum or, or yeah. it's again, I feel it's, it's counter counterproductive where you're like, well, there's a bunch of time I'll get to it eventually. And then right. you never get yeah. to it. And then you have this other yeah. feeling where it's like, well, now I'm almost fully vaccinated and, um, <laughs> I didn't get anything done. What? <laughs> you know? I know. So I don't know. It, it feels, it's just a strange feeling and it, it really yeah. is. But I, you know, I just have to keep reminding myself that this is a strange time yes. for everyone yes. and we're all navigating it the best that we can. Right. And, you know, and just to be in it together cause we are. Yeah. And, um, I mean, like, it's, it's not even just the pandemic. There's so much civil unrest. There's so much political divide. I mean, there's so much, so much going on and so much to take in. It's just overwhelming, yeah. you know, I mean, a pandemic alone in itself right. is a lot, you know, yeah. but we have all this other stuff on top of it. Yeah. And it's really hard to not get down, I guess, and not lose hope. Mm-hmm. At least for me, it's just like, the hell's wrong with our world? What the hell? Like, where do we go from here? Yeah. You know, it's a little overwhelming. And um, I don't know, like, I, I, it's, I try to dig myself out of that every day. Like, it's just exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> All of it's exhausting. So it's like, there's not a whole lot of energy left for creativity. And I'm trying really hard. And, you know, I've been getting into encaustic painting. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that because you, you've yeah. been doing some mixed media work on, mm -hmm. on previous stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like I haven't been able to shoot any new stuff really, which sucks. So, um, I've just, you know, I really, I've always wanted to paint like oil paint, but okay. I'm so intimidated yeah. by it that I just don't even know where to start. Like I'll play with watercolors and stuff, but I don't know. I don't know. Like I just want to do something with painting. And um, one day I heard about encaustic painting and I was like, what the hell is that? So I had to look it up and I'm like, oh yeah, I got to do that. So like my ADD brain was like, yeah, I got to buy all the things right now. <laughs> and so I did. And I just like bought all the stuff and watched all the videos and read all the books and like ordered all the stuff and got it and went ape shit, just <laughs> yeah. making a bunch of stuff. And, and now I'm like, oh yeah, this is better. This is like the missing element I needed. So like I, I'll like uh, take a print and it's, it's got to be done a certain way and everything to absorb the wax, but okay. you know, mount it on a board and then paint over it with uh, it's just beeswax and resin. Wow. But it's so fun because you can, you know, like this one feels like it should be, you know, real smooth and shiny. And then this one feels like it should be real textured and built up. So it's like it adds more dimension to yeah. the photos. And I just love it. So I've just been hiding in my basement painting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. So, so uh, was it difficult to go back and build on something that you at, at one point felt was finished, right? So now no, you take oh this no. piece of work and now you're, you're, you know, I mean, you're, you're no. creating a, a new piece essentially. Yeah. But 
I do it a lot for fun. Like sometimes if I just don't have like, you know, I I do a lot of, uh, you know, weddings and family sessions and stuff like that. But if there's a long period of time that goes where I haven't worked on any um, conceptual ideas or whatever, I'll go back and revisit previous ones and re-edit them and see what else I could do with them just for fun. Like nothing ever feels finished to me. Oh, okay. Interesting. I always end up asking myself, is it done? I don't know. (laughs) So like eventually sometimes I'm just like, okay, enough staring at it, enough like overthinking it, you're done. And then I to walk away and just decide it's done. But so it, it wasn't hard for me at all to like go back and, and, do this with the old pictures it's uh it's been fun and i like i don't know i've been thinking about like doing like an etsy page or something with, with yeah doing more of this because i love it so much like i'm still creating and i don't have like the pressure to uh Right. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I could just kind of zone out and paint, and I love that. Well, it's already there, right? So yeah. you know, yeah. at some point, you did this, and and I think that that's, uh, uh, you know, I could only relate it to songwriting, and that maybe you go back yeah. and listen to some old demos or something, and it's like, okay, well, I've got a jumping off point. I don't have to create yeah. the entire right. idea, you know. So yeah. here's yeah. this, here's this yeah. picture that you took at some point, and now you're just yeah. building on. It. You don't have to go out and start a fresh yeah. idea. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's also kind of cool because when I shoot now, I also have it in mind. What will this look like as an, in a, as an encaustic painting? Like, so ah, right. I okay. Have that in mind when I'm shooting stuff too. And yeah. It's kind of fun. So it's kind of cool how music can relate to, you know, art. And I mean, it is art music's art too. It's just kind of cool how they can overlap. Yeah, for sure. So I was, and we we talked a little bit about this before, but I wanted to get your take. I always think of of photographs as, you know, sort of these moments in time and when done well, they they capture a time, a place or a feeling, you know, they can bring you back to it instantly. And I was wondering, what do you think makes a photo like this? And do you have a favorite photo that brings you back to a specific time or place or feeling? It's so hard to pick a favorite. Um, and so many come to mind. Uh, so, so many. Like, uh, well, I think that what makes a photo is uh, like being photojournalistic, not posing people at all, like in the moment. They don't even know you're there taking the photo. Um, capturing moments, like some of the, the best ones, even in weddings, for instance, are you know, maybe just a moment between the bride and the grandma hugging, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's a wonderful moment of the day. But, you know, I can't tell you how many times like I'll get an email from the bride, like sadly, maybe like a month later where they're like, I can't even tell you how much I love this photo because my grandma Mm -hmm. passed away and like, you know, stuff like that. And um, I don't know, there's just like, Sadly, one of my best friends lost her daughter um, by a drunk driver, and she asked if I would photograph the funeral. And I guess that's like a Southern thing. It's not real common here. And that was the second one that I ever photographed, but like that was heartbreaking. And it's, I mean, that day was just awful, but it, it took me out of like, you know, I was trying to be there for her as a friend also like capture this day and like playing both roles was hard to juggle, but I wanted to do this for her. And like, 
I can't say that this is a favorite photo because it is not yeah. because the moment is devastating. Yeah. But, but um, for me, what makes photography good is the emotion that evokes. Like you don't even have to know the person in the photo and you feel what they're feeling. Right. Like her standing over her daughter's uh, casket is the most heartbreaking thing in the world. Like, and then to have the photo, not that she wants to revisit that moment by right. having the photos. It's not like a photo album. She flips right. through, you know, but yeah. you know, um, she wanted to have a memory from beginning to end, uh, you know, to memorialize her daughter. And, she, you know, so she did that. And some people might think that's weird, but you know, everyone handles grief differently. So there's no judgment. And, but that photo, it evokes so much emotion, like whether you know her or not. Right. And I think it's I such think a different take on, important. on what you do as well, yeah. you know, cause you, you think of your job, not, uh, not, you yeah. know, this is art and job and commerce, mm -hmm. whatever, how, how they mix together. But you know, when, when you're capturing a family's memories, yes. it is always right. typically in this a mode happy of memory. happy and joy. Yeah. And so to, yeah. to be there to help process grief through yeah. artwork. Wow. Yeah. That has, that had to be, and to be um, intimately associated with the person as well. That had to be really hard to manage that, <laughs> those roles. It was hard. It was really hard for me to deliver her the photos. That was the hardest part in editing them. Like, cause you know, if you're taking the photo, you're in the moment, you're taking the picture, but like when you're editing them, yeah. you're like really looking at it, you're absorbing yeah. that. And I, I cried the whole time. And you know, when I gave her those pictures, like my heart just broke into a million pieces, giving them to her. Cause nobody should have to go through that yeah. ever, you know? And, um, but you know, she was really thankful that I did that. And, and I, you know, of course they made her cry, which how could it not, but, but it meant something to her and yeah. I was happy for that. And, you know, if it helps her heal in any way whatsoever, that's all I want. It's so interesting too, because I'm thinking about the arc of, of a photograph too, over time where, you know, you might, you know, you talked about that photo of, you know, a bride and, and her grandmother. And, you know, in that moment, it's a happy moment. And it's a, it's a, it reminds you of that. And then you kind of trace the timeline and then that person passes away, moves on. And that photo then becomes this symbol of that time, that memory. And it's, it, it, and it's, it's, there's grief in, in that moment yeah. because you're experiencing loss and trying to remember and connect. So there really is that whole range of emotions oh, in, yeah. the, in, in, in the, in the, in one photograph. Yeah. And, and I don't know for, uh, I don't know, like life is so different for everybody, but you know, everyone faces challenges differently and we all have them. So, uh, I don't know for me, like photography is my outlet, whether I'm helping somebody else by, you know, shooting a, a funeral or their wedding or a birth, even I'm just so happy to be in that moment with that person and be able to document that time in their life. Um, I mean, we all have the memories of these moments, you know, but to have photos of it, you know, is really awesome to go back and look at that time. Um, I've only photographed one birth. I would love to do more. I just can't be on call, you know. Right. That's a little unpredictable <laughs> scheduling, <Sure>. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, uh, that was incredible. You know, like, I think it, it was all in that year I photographed a birth and a funeral. And it was just a lot, you know. Yeah. It's like, 
you know, you find myself thinking like, it's kind of awesome to be able to document every moment of people's lives yeah. from beginning to end. And, um, and it means so much, you know, that it means a lot to other people, not just me, right. you know, that photography means that much. So, um, I don't know, like the good and the bad, it's, it's all, I don't know, it's all significant. And, um, I, you know, like I, I, I don't know, I guess I'm talking about death a lot today. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so like when my dad died, I remember at the end there was like, he had cancer. So it was like, um, grueling mm -hmm. last yeah. few months and like a lot of hospital stays and everything. And for me, like I look at things and I want to take a picture of certain things. And, um, I knew my dad would just be so pissed if I did. So I didn't, right. you know, but out of respect, yeah. but like simple things. And, and like, I kept like a picture in my mind, but like, like his slippers sitting on the floor next to him on the hospital bed, like normally people might look at a picture like that, like, what the hell, what's the importance of that? Yeah. You know? But for me, like, it was like, those are dad's slippers. He's worn them forever. They're like, you know, like, yeah. those are dad, you know, right. those are his slippers. Right. And, and this is where we are in life right now. And as much as it sucks, you know, like his slippers are bringing me comfort right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like, everyone's perspective is different and everything else. But like, for me, I guess photography is kind of like a therapy. Yeah. I don't know. No, I've, I mean, I've really moved by, by what you've been, been talking about. And it makes me think if you've got photos that mean anything to you, make sure you're taking care of them, right? I know. That, I know. You know, I had um, an external drive recently crash and uh, two of them, I had everything backed up on the other one. They're both gone. Yeah gone gone yeah. i have to like send them out and just hope that they can recover them because right. i've done everything and and i i don't even know well, i'm even I, thinking you know kids of the 90s and and 80s and oh, right, you know yeah. i've got a, a stacks of, mm -hmm. oh, of yes. photos you know and, and, yeah. and they are great you know they uh, are like i was looking through some the other day and i'm thinking oh man all this fashion's back you know jinko <laughs> jeans and crop tops and the butterfly hair clips and stuff. <laughs> I'm so cool now. Like they saw me. I finally <laughs> went full circle. Yeah, I was ahead of my time. <laughs> so you're, you're uh, that that works well as a segue. You you were mentioned before. You you've got a, a a project coming up where you're working with a fashion designer. What what what's that all about? And is this another great merging for you of of these uh, different yeah. elements of art that you really like? Yeah, yeah. So okay, so this one is like. Uh, I remember I was driving along the highway one day and there was like all this trash piled up on the side. You know, you see it everywhere. And I'm like, God, that's disgusting, people. You know, like, <laughs> come on, clean up after yourselves. And yeah. um, so it was like, it, it, you know, like I just daydream all day, every day. I don't know. I wish I can get paid for it. I'd be rich. But like, <laughs> so I'm just daydreaming. Here I'm driving along and daydreaming yeah. about like Mother Earth. And like, I just pictured like, okay, like I just pictured all of these things and like I sketched them out and everything. I just like never did anything with it. And, you know, Earth Day is coming up this year. And like this year I'm homeschooling my daughter and we're doing like a big thing on, you know, Earth Day and everything. So I'm like, you know what? I should just do it. Like, why not do it? Yeah. Um, so uh, 
my friend is a fashion designer, is uh, EK, and she is amazing. And she's actually uh, in some of my photos too. Okay. So uh, we've worked together before. She's great. So I was like, I'm going to see if she wants in on this. You yeah. know, like I always pictured like a dress kind of made from like plastic and just shit you find on the side yeah. of the road. Like yeah. just make it into something somewhat beautiful, okay. ugly, but beautiful. Right. You want to ugliness point across right. still you know, but like <laughs> like do something about this but um so yeah I, I called her we were talking I was like I don't know I have this idea I've been you know kind of throwing around and maybe you want in on it. it'd be kind of cool to collaborate and she's like she loved it so um we've just been talking about it and um that's exciting yeah, I don't know yeah I'd like have some ideas for it. and a lot of times I'll sketch out ideas like okay this is what I want the shot to look like blah 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 but I've found like if I do that um there's too much pressure to get it perfect and then if it's not what I wanted it to look like then I'm like just just scrap it screw the whole thing like forget it you know so now I'm just go into it like a general idea like all right let's see what we could do with it because usually when I get there and just let creativity flow more will come out of that rather than like being a perfectionist and sticking with the initial idea give yourself some room to work yeah. yeah, and especially with working with other creatives, I want them in on the process. So, That's right. um, you know, like I, if I have like a specific idea in mind, I can be, uh, I don't know, like kind of anal about it. Like, no, all the details have to be right. Like, <laughs> right. and I don't want to be like that at all. Yeah. I don't want to be my creative process. So kind of more like go with the flow is uh, where I'm at with that. I'm still kind of scoping out locations and stuff. Uh, so is she yeah. going to make the dress out of? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Nice. yeah. So, so like, we're going to use, I think she's using some type of plastic, like a painter's cloth, okay. you know, thin plastic yeah. sheets, yeah. something like that. And then um, I wanted to see if we can attach like just pop bottles and those like O-ring things yeah. with you know, beer bottles and beer cans come in and, right. uh, you know, just a bunch of shit that you find laying around, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you shouldn't have any problem finding this. No, stuff, you find any problem. <laughs> My thing is like finding a location. I really wanted to shoot in like a junkyard, like a, like a landfill, Yeah, but they're, they don't let people in for this stuff, I guess. Yeah. You're going to have to go back <laughs> to your, waiver, whatever, you know, like we won't disturb your trash. I don't know. Like, you're going to go back to your it. old trespassing days and have to yeah, find I a might. way. <laughs> yeah. I did. Like I talked to a few people who used, I know somebody who used to look, work at one. He's like, well, I know of one you can get in at night, but it's in a sketchy year. I'm like, nope, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm retired. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Those days are over. <laughs> well, the nice thing is there's enough junk on the side of the road. You could collect yeah. it all and you could probably right. make your own junkyard yeah. landfill, uh, you know, yeah. in your backyard right. or anywhere else. I know. I know. I keep telling my husband I need to, uh, I just want to buy some land somewhere and I could do whatever crazy shit I want there. That's right. Like preferably one with like an abandoned house on it that I don't have to worry about trespassing. But <laughs> This would be a great realtor conversation. So here's yeah, what I'm right? looking for. I need yeah. a lot of land. <laughs> if it has a dump on it, that's fine. Right. I'm looking for that. Even I, better. I, the house, yeah, even better. The house yeah. should be abandoned. Any mm-hmm. old cars that you have would be right. just yeah. leave it. You know, yeah. I'm looking for, yeah. a, I'm looking for an, a, basically an uninhabitable, unlivable piece of land. Yeah. That, yeah. that would be and perfect. I, right. And getting a loan for it should be no problem. Right. <laughs> uh, all right. So yeah. this is the part of the conversation. 
where where you get to ask me a question. So you can yeah. ask me anything you want. So okay, and I, let's see. I will try to give you an honest answer. So okay, uh, let's see. Um, if you could be anywhere in your musical career, where would you want to be? Mm. What do you mean by that? Do you mean like a physical location or like well, the like, like the, in general like? Mm. Like visualize it, put it out there. What would it be? What would oh, your dream be? It's such a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm reading um, an, a biography about John Lennon right now. And okay. um, it's, it's the last, like it, it, it kind of goes back and forth. It covers, but it's, it's very specifically focused around the, the days before he, he was murdered. Um, okay. And, but then they kind of jump back and forth, but there's a lot of conversation about, this idea of fame and, and what fame does to your life. And, Mm -hmm. you know, those who seek fame often as they receive it, they long for when they didn't have fame, you know? So I think, Mm -hmm. you know, you asked me that question and certainly I think every musician wishes that they were playing bigger shows to bigger audiences and, and were had some greater level of fame than they actually have. But I also think that that's a, that is an answer that I maybe would have given 10, 15 years ago. And I don't know that I feel yeah. the same way. Certainly I want as many people to come see our shows and, and, and yeah. buy our music. But I think probably if I could, if I could be somewhere along that arc, I would go back to a time when um, like a, a being younger, playing a lot of shows, but enjoying it and appreciating it more. Cause I don't think that, you know, and that's probably the, the lament of everyone as they get older. They're like, Oh, I wish I would have enjoyed this. Or I wish I would have appreciated it. But, yeah. you know, you talked about the perfectionism around art and I feel like that robbed me of a lot of joy in the process early by okay. just being insecure, or unsure of what I wanted or being so sure of what I wanted that I didn't leave myself open to any other ideas. And so, you know, that kind of control and, and um, drive for perfection, I feel like um, robbed me of some joy. I still had fun and, and enjoyed yeah. it, but I think I yeah. would have enjoyed it more had I just relaxed a little yeah, bit. Right. That makes sense. So, yeah. You know. And I can see that with the fame thing. Like, um, I, I even know some photographers who have gotten really big, and I've, you know, kind of noticed some change in them like and I'm like I would not want that like sure it would feel good to know people are appreciating your art and you know loving it and everything but that's it's also a big responsibility I would think that would come with that and I would think like a lot of it would suck the fun out of it yeah (laughs) not being able to just stand out on the side of the road and pick up garbage without somebody trying to take your picture (laughs) right and you're like on the spotlight all the time and people are you know people can be total jerks on the internet and everything. And like, you know, you're under the spotlight, everything you say and do. And, you know, I wouldn't want that at all. uh, So we'll stay anonymous then. Yeah. (laughs) Other than this podcast, we'll stay stay as anonymous as we can. Well, April, this was awesome. I really, I really appreciate you taking the time to to talk to me. It was fun. Speaking in Songs is written, recorded, and produced by me, Jeff Julian. The theme song is What You Will from Silver Cities by the band Withershins. Copyrights are, I guess, mine. Hope you had fun. See you next time. Bye-bye.